0: Hey there, Conquerors. This is the Conquering Columbus podcast, where we bring you the stories of everyone who is conquering their field here in our great city, from business and entrepreneurship, to science, medicine, athletics, and more. As usual, we wanna take a quick moment to thank some of our sponsors here on the show. And our first sponsor is Waveform Music Group. Andy and Carlin have been working with us to take the production of Conquering Columbus to the next level, and Josh and I cannot be happier with the results. Outside of podcast production, Andy and Carlin are experts in songwriting, music production, and sonic branding for companies of all sizes. And to learn more about them, head to their website, createwaveforms.com. That is createwaveforms.com and tell them
1: Conquering Columbus sent you. Headquartered here in Columbus, Ohio, one of our sponsors, Social Ventures. They offer resources, programs, and accelerators in social enterprise. And they act as a primary network for social enterprise activity in central Ohio. You can learn more at socialventurecbus.com. That's socialventurecbus.com.
0: And our next sponsor is FMX. FMX is a computerized maintenance management system that helps organizations accelerate their operational success. And FMX enables you to streamline processes, increase asset productivity, and turn actionable insights into meaningful results. If you'd like to learn more, check them out at their website, gofmx.com. That's G-O-F-M-X.com. And our last sponsor is the Burlett Family Foundation. The Burlett Family Foundation is a local nonprofit that's committed to helping their partners build upon their strengths. They turn visions of what if into sustainable resources for the community. You can drop me anywhere on the planet, in any environment, and I might get, you know, my head kicked in in the beginning, but I'll find a way to survive.
2: I'll find a way to get the job done.
1: to not just be status quo, a desire to not be average. This is Conquering Columbus.
0: Hey there, Conquerors, and welcome to another episode of the Conquering Columbus podcast. Today on the show, we've got Chad Underwood joining us, and he is the founder of Moto Yoga, a hot yoga studio here in Columbus. And Moto Yoga is a community-based hot yoga studio with a focus on decreasing our impact on the environment as well as fostering a sense of belonging for community members. And we're really excited to have Chad on the show to talk about his experiences and everything Modo Yoga is doing today. Welcome to Conquering Columbus, Chad. Thank you. Typically kind of one of the first places we like to start on the show is get a little background, understand life leading up to today. So, you know, early life, college, kind of everything that led you to here. I know that's a lot. So whatever
2: highlights stand out to you. Yeah, I, I like to say that most people who have known me for a long time are surprised that I've ended up where I have been owning a hot yoga studio. But I grew up in Columbus, and there was just a weird kind of fortuitous set of circumstances that brought me to where I am today. I grew up here. I grew up in Whitehall, went to Columbus Academy, and then ended up getting a golf scholarship to go to the University of Dayton. So I played golf there for a couple of years, graduated from University of Dayton, had no idea what I wanted to do. So I decided I was going to go to law school. Uh, my dad was an attorney here in town for a long time. and um, So I ended up at the University of Cincinnati College of Law graduated there in 2011. Um, Obviously, at that time, job market was, you know, subpar at best. And so I ended up taking a job with the federal government in Dayton. I was living in Cincinnati, commuting up to Dayton, and I was doing a couple of different things. So I was just trying to figure out where my path was. I knew what I was doing wasn't what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. I was working as a contract administrator at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, which great job, but like just not what I wanted to do. So three things kind of came together for me in a weird, weird way. First was a friend of mine. We started a business. Um, He asked me to be the chief legal officer as a practicing attorney. It's called Entertainment Lockers. We do uh, portable lockers at like music festivals, stuff like that. So think Lollapalooza or even Rock on the Range here. You see portable lockers at those events. Our company brought them in and did that. Kind of getting that business off the ground running gave me the itch to become an entrepreneur. It was like, all right, help my friend start a business. I'd like to start my own. Where do I go from here? At the same time, I was also with the legal background. I was a sport management major at the University of Dayton. And so they actually asked me to come back and teach sports ethics. So I found out that I really liked to teach. So I want to start my own business. I really enjoy teaching. And then um, the third thought was at that time I was engaged. I was in a relationship, and I was told to get in shape for the wedding. I needed to get in shape for the wedding. Um, i commuting three hours a day up to Dayton and sitting behind a desk for eight hours a day doesn't do anybody any favors. And so I uh, ended up trying out a hot yoga class. And the first class I went to, I absolutely hated it. Couldn't stand it. I was pretty overweight. I was wearing like a big baggy T-shirt, actually an homage T-shirt uh, big baggy shorts, just super uncomfortable. People are in weird poses, just didn't really know what I was doing. Couldn't stand it. Walked out said I was never going to go back. But the next morning I woke up and I felt so much better. So I went back like a week later, the moto. So moto, we have about 75 to 80 studios throughout the world. Um, there's three in Cincinnati, which is where I started practicing. And I took a second class and after that class, I was absolutely hooked. I did 180 classes that first year. And so then all of a sudden it was like, all right, well, there's people up at the front of this room teaching. Like, what if I decided that I could start a business, teach yoga? I think I could do this. And just that's where this kind of led. And so here I am six years later, my first yoga class was January, 2009 or January, 2013. So started practicing January, 2013. So seven years, almost or after seven years later, we've been open for almost five years.
1: So I went from never having taken a yoga class to opening a studio in two and a half years. So from ideation to creation, what did that process look like for you? I mean, you eventually got it into your brain that that's the route you wanted to go down. You had this idea start forming. How did you execute on it? So I had been practicing for about
2: a year. It was December of 2013 when the idea started to kind of hatch in my head. hey, this is something that like, I could see this being where my life goes. I saw the studio in Cincinnati. I saw the sense of community that the Moto Studio created. I wanted to do that because when I looked at Columbus, I was like, we could use a studio like ours. Like, that's what I want to create. I just want to create in Columbus. Um, And at the time there was a student, uh, excuse me, not a student, a teacher in Cincinnati who ended up being my business partner. She's no longer involved with, you know, Uh, the the Moto Yoga Columbus community here. And we worked together over, so I think it was December was the idea was hatched. We started meeting in January, February. I went to my teacher training, which the Moto Yoga teacher training is a 30-day intensive. I did it in Kelowna, British Columbia. Uh, That was July, 2014. Each studio is independently owned and operated. And so we went through the documentation process through Moto Yoga International. They're based out of Toronto. And then from there, we worked to get a lease, get everything up and running, and then ultimately we ended up opening in on June 29th of 2015. So do you
1: get to keep their brand name and their logos? Um, do they provide like more of a management service organization support or wh- what support besides just the brand reputation comes from moto the corporate office
2: yeah we i mean we get a lot of support from moto international and i'd say that the biggest thing that they do is yes there's the branding yes there's the logos and they they kind of help us with some of that stuff and especially given the current environment as we're going through this we know we're all kind of impacted by coronavirus Um, they've helped us out with some of the 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 communication methods uh, as far as what to do with your student membership base um, you know, things that you can do to keep that sense of community strong, even though we have our doors shut. You know, we're a hot yoga studio. You can't recreate a 102 degree room in your own living room. But how can we do our best to maintain that sense of community, even though we're all split apart? But I think the the most important thing that they do for us is is the teacher training aspect. A lot of studios do their own teacher trainings, and that takes up a lot of time and energy from the studio owners themselves. And they take that off of our plate so we can focus on our own community. So I never have to worry about a teacher training. I don't really want to have to deal with the teacher training. And by facilitating the teacher training process through Moto International, they also are able to bring in the best of the best to train the new teachers. Um, And I think that's something that sets us apart here in Columbus. You know that the teaching, the class that you're going to have is a quality instructed class from somebody who's gone through a 500-hour certification process. And that's one of the things we pride ourselves on here at moto. So backing it up a little bit, I mean, did you try other types of yoga
0: or was it always hot yoga for you? Like, this is what I want to stick with.
2: The only place I had really practiced was moto. And I just, there was something about the heat. There was something about being in that room, feeling the sweat drip off of your body, being able to move, but also being able to move in a way that works for you. Um, you know, we teach every class for everybody. So, Um, The intention is that if you come take our class and whether you've never practiced yoga before or whether you have practiced yoga for 20 years, you're going to get a challenge out of the class that you're taking, especially in the heat. You know, the heat throws another element into it. But I don't particularly enjoy practicing in a room temperature room. I want that heat. But I mean, I will. And I've practiced elsewhere. I've practiced at most of the studios here in town. But Modo has
1: always been my home. From you and your team's perspective, like what do you hope or what is the mission of a yoga session? Is it to walk away with flexibility? Is it to walk away with a certain state of peace of mind, kind of like a meditation, or is it all the above?
2: I, I mean, I think a yoga practice is what you make of it. It's difficult to pigeonhole what somebody's looking for in their practice because it's so individualized. Some people are there for physical reasons. Some people are there for emotional reasons. Some people are there for spiritual reasons. Everyone has their own path that has brought them to the mat. So we like to say that the only goal that I have is that when you walk out of the room, you walk out feeling better than when you walked in. And that's part of another thing, bringing it back to like what brought me to do this is, I've done a lot of different workouts. You know, when I was in college, I got into weightlifting for a while. I played basketball in high school. And so, you know, running, sprinting, doing all that stuff. I can never get over running as punishment. I've never found a workout that I've enjoyed. And this was that for me. When I left the studio, I felt better than when I walked in. Um, I had chronic back issues as a kid all throughout college, even up until a couple of years after I started practicing. But I rarely have any flare-ups nowadays, you know, and the practice helps with that.
0: So let's talk about, you know, your focus on community and environmental impact, particularly that last part. So how How can a yoga studio focus on environmental
2: impact? We operate under what we call our six pillars. One of them is to be green. And if you come into our studio, there's little signs everywhere about some of the things that we've done, both when we opened and also that we're continuing to do today to minimize our impact on the environment. First and foremost, I mean, most people are like, man, 102 degrees, your heating bills must be outrageous. And certainly they're higher than normal, but we actually have radiant heat panels that they use significantly less energy than regular electric. I mean, if you were to try to crank up a room to 100 degrees, you're just gonna you're gonna have exorbitant and exorbitant energy costs. So we're minimizing our impact there, um, but we also commit to use renewable resources throughout the entire studio. So when we were in construction, I actually had a family friend of ours um, offer to donate a few barns of theirs on their property. They were tearing them down. They donated all the wood. So when you come in, we have this beautiful wood that has actually been repurposed and reused. Um, So we didn't take any new wood. We didn't purchase any new wood. Anything that you see in the studio has been salvaged probably from somewhere else. We also use cork. So cork floors, cork blocks, cork's a renewable resource. You know, you can strip the bark from the tree and it'll grow back on its own. It's not something that, you know, is permanently gone. So we use cork as much as possible in the hot room. We also use uh, non-volatile organic compound paint. So, you know, paint, normal paint has toxins that can go into the air. We don't have any of that there. So we do what the things that we can, um, to minimize our impact, at least when it comes to, you know, the environment. So we know that we're doing what we can to help.
1: Somebody looking to get involved with, uh, the practice of yoga, especially with moto in particular, like what are the different options and how do you recommend somebody, um, initially engaging in, in I guess you would call it a sport, right? I I don't know
2: if I'd call it a sport. I'd I'd maybe just call it an activity. You know, it's a workout. I don't like to think of yoga as a competition or a competitive aspect. I think the ego always gets in the way. People want to look the best that they can. They want to, you know, continue to see improvements in their practice, and they're going to. But the whole intent of yoga is for self-betterment. You know, you want to make sure that you're becoming the best possible version of yourself each and every time you step on your mat. So you don't want to be looking at the person to the left or the right of you and comparing yourself to them because that doesn't do anybody any favors, you know. So we I kind of indicated that, like, we always want every person, whether you've been practicing for one day or 10 years, to feel that they're comfortable and able to come in and practice with us. And we have students that are scared of the heat. They're scared of yoga in general. You know, there's a perception there. um, And I think that's largely started to dwindle over the past couple of years. But especially when we first opened, there's a perception of like, man, yoga is like this weird thing. But I think that's the thing that's most important for us is that we have a practice that's accessible to people. So one of our other pillars is to be accessible. We offer modifications. And also, it doesn't matter if you do every pose. It doesn't matter if you lay on your mat the entire time. No matter where you're at in your own workouts, your own physical practice, your own spiritual practice, your own emotional practice, this is a place for you to come, not be judged, and feel good about yourself when you walk out of the room. And that's the most important thing that we want for people.
0: Hey there, conquerors! We want to take a quick moment to talk about one of our sponsors, Studio 301. Kyle and his team have helped us redesign our website, taking the podcast in a new direction that we truly love. And we have some incredible guests Here on the show and studio 301 has given us a website that reflects the caliber of the people that join us.
1: And the studio 301 team can help you with everything from brand strategy and redesigns to market research, videography, social media overhauls, and a whole lot more. You can go check them out at studio 301.org. That's studio 301.org. So what have some of the challenges
0: been from a business standpoint as you've gone through this? I mean, we've talked a lot about yoga and getting involved with yoga, but ultimately it is a business. You know, and I'm guessing that throughout your time frame, it hasn't all been easy sailing.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, whew, I've listened to your podcast and I know that every, every business owner has their stories, right? And I've talked to a number of business owners in Columbus. I'm lucky enough to have, have some friends of mine that own businesses of all sizes here in town. And whenever you talk to anyone, there's two problems that always come up. And it doesn't matter what size of the business you are. There's time there's staffing, and there's money. So one of those three things, almost every business owner has already, you know, has has been confronted with. I have been confronted with all three of them. We opened our business cash-strapped. I, I would say whatever the percentage of money that people tell you you need to open up a business with, we opened with about 10% of that. So right from the get-go, we were cash-strapped. We invested, uh, my ex-partner and I, we invested our entire life savings into the studio. And we were bleeding cash off the bat. But you know, you figure out ways to make it work and you have to get creative. You have to, it really forces you to get invested in your business. And I think that's one thing that I've seen is that if you don't believe in what you're doing, then you're not going to succeed. And through all of the challenges that we've been faced financially, I never wavered in the fact that the number one goal of what we're trying to do is help people help people feel better about themselves each and every day. And so that when they leave our studio, they can go help other people in their own lives feel a little bit better about themselves and what they're doing. And so that's something that I think that no matter what we were confronted with, whether it be a teacher, we had to let a teacher go, or we couldn't find teachers, or, you know, we didn't have enough money to pay certain bills or whatever it was. We always figured out a way to make it work, but we never wavered upon the fact that no matter what we're doing, we're seeing our students be impacted in a positive way. And that gave us faith that what we were doing was right. And eventually, we didn't know when it was going to happen, but eventually things were going to turn the corner. And they have. And we've, we've, you know, we've been fortunate enough to have our students support us in ways that I can't even begin to imagine. Um, But they keep coming through the doors and You know, we've seen some significant growth in our studio over the past 12 months. And we're happy to, you know, whenever we get through this, the current environment that we're in, I mean, I'm confident that our community is going to
1: pick up right where it left off. What have been some of the initiatives you guys have implemented or worked on to help uh, grow your community at Moto?
2: One of the biggest things for us that has impacted our growth as a community is just our student base. You know, our marketing budget is next to nothing. It's been word of mouth. And ever since we opened our doors, I've kind of likened it to the snowball rolling down the mountain. It starts off small. I remember back in the days when we first opened, sometimes we wouldn't have anybody show up for class. We'd have a zero-person class. And all of a sudden, you're like, man, I'm so deflated. Nobody's showing up. But then it gets to five, and then it gets to 10. And here in January and February, we were selling out a significant number of our classes every day. You know, if you looked at like the five six o'clock time frame, and even some of our six a.m. classes, we were having forty five people show up for a six a.m. class. Weekend classes all packed. You know, and it's it's just been it's been the dedication and it's been the time. But I also think like we have found good teachers. I have a great staff. I owe them everything because I'm not at the studio all the time. They continue to pump out great classes. I have a fantastic manager you know, she helps to keep that community vibe going every single day. And most importantly, I tell everyone who works for us, you don't have to be here. I only want you here if you want to be here. It's same with, uh, we have a a staff of people that help us out around the studio. And it's like, I've had some people say, I just don't have the time. Like I can't be here. And it's like, well, I'd rather you practice than work here. Like if you're not making time for your practice, then you're not going to get that extra benefit of being here. So, I'd rather you be happy with where you're at. If you're not happy here, then it's okay. So I'm never going to force anybody to work for us. So if if people want to be there, they're
1: going to be there. And if they're not, they're not. And that's okay. And you feel like that that reflects throughout your guys' culture then and the student base can see that that's helped with the organic growth then basically?
2: Yeah, I think so. I mean,
1: I, I think anytime, especially with us, You know, we're
2: we're building a community. We're relying on our students to make our business thrive. And so we have to to have an environment. And I want the environment of where people want to be there. And I think when you walk into our studio, you feel the warmth and the joy in the space. You feel that the teachers want to be there. I I hope that my teachers know that, like, I'm there for them. You know, they're there for me. We're there for our students and that whole community vibe and the support that we created over the last five years, like helps us thrive. Well, I think that's a good place to talk a little
0: bit about some of the goals for the future. I mean, obviously right now we've got a little different goals, but you know, long-term three, five years out, you think about that far, where do you see Moto Yoga going here in Columbus?
2: Yeah. I mean, you know, here in Columbus, we're just continuing to do what we can each and every day. I mean, we want to, we want to impact our community in a positive way. We want to continue to make as, as minimal of an impact on the environment as we can. But I think most importantly, we want to continue to provide a place for people to come so that they can feel better. And I talked a little bit about it earlier. And when I first started practicing, I was severely overweight. I was in a job that I didn't like. I was in a relationship that ultimately ended in a divorce. Um, and this practice changed my life in a positive way. And so I think... The things that you can do, sure, maybe you drop a few pounds, maybe you get in a little bit better shape. But for me, the impact isn't a physical one. It's all up here. It's in my mind. You know, I'm calmer. I feel better when I wake up in the morning. Talk to a lot of people who practice yoga. You know, it helps them with anxiety, stress, depression. Our world is full of distractions and full of demands. And anything we can do to make that minimized is better for us. Um, And so I think that, When we get into the depths of the practice, as long as we're making people feel better about themselves and making people feel better about their community, then ultimately we're going to succeed.
0: Definitely. And so on that note, talking about our community and people, our community, right? Our listeners out there, do you have any advice for them? You know, a lot of times, and if it helps, they're 20 to 35 young professionals kind of wondering probably in a similar place to where you were coming out of law school. Not sure what they want to do sometimes. Some of them want to found their own business. So
2: any advice you'd give our listeners? I tell everyone, like, the worst thing that you can say is an immediate no. If I had been closed-minded to opportunities that may have presented themselves to me, I wouldn't be where I am today. You know, I mentioned that there was, like, a weird set of circumstances where it came from a friend asking to start a business. I said yes. An old professor of mine asking me to teach, I said, yes, a partner of mine saying, Hey, go take a yoga class. I said, yes, being open to experiences and, you know, talking to different people about different things. If you close your mind off immediately to an opportunity that might present itself, then you're never going to really give yourself the opportunity to explore what might be out there for you. I think there's a lot of people in our world, especially in their like early twenties, but even people that I see, you know, in their forties and fifties, they're like, man, I just, I wish I made a change. I wish I had something that I could do. Um, keep trying, keep exploring, keep seeing what's out there because you never know what opportunities are going to present themselves.
1: As we talk about the current situation across uh, not just Ohio, the United States and the world with COVID and everything, how are you guys dealing with it? And um, what are you doing to make it through?
2: As a hot yoga studio, we've been pretty significantly impacted, you know, not only are um, our doors closed? But mentioned that you know people are taking yoga in their own house. They can't recreate that that same vibe, the heat, the humidity that we can provide in studio. Um, the last few weeks have just been a mad dash, and I know they have been for everybody. I mean, we're all we're all feeling it. But you know, we've seen our studio be impacted, but we've been forced to pivot, which has been a great thing, and I think it's been really good for the yoga community in Columbus too. Not just myself, but other studio owners throughout town. You know we've been in more constant communication than we normally do. as a as a yoga studio owner, it's really hard to get out and practice at other studios. I want to, um, but you're always kind of being drawn back into your own studio for you know you're taking classes from your teachers. But you know we've we've done we've really rallied to create this sense of community online, which is really all you can do at this point. If our doors are shut, we have to continue to figure out ways to provide content to our students. And people are stir crazy. I kind of feel like people now need more yoga more than ever. For the last two weeks, we were providing a couple different live classes a day on Instagram. You know, and that was almost immediate. I think we shut our doors on Monday and that night I led a live class on Instagram. And we've continued to do that. We also have used Zoom. So now we have Zoom. All, all of our members, you know, have access to our online classes. We're doing three a day. Normally we'll run eight or nine classes a day, but... Um, You know, we've had to scale back a little bit just because our doors aren't open. You know, people aren't walking in taking a yoga class. But I think that if anything, this has almost made our community tighter. And we do, we've done a ton of events. You know, we've done potluck dinners at our studio. We do monthly happy hours. We do all sorts of things to bring the community together regularly. But over the past couple of weeks, I mean, it's been so inspiring to see photos of people on their mats at home reaching out, saying, hey, this has helped me. This is, you know, I'm going crazy in my own house or my kids are driving me insane or, you know, I just got laid off from my job. And the fact that you're providing that practice for people is so beneficial to all of us. And we could all use a little bit of that right now.
0: I can definitely agree with that, Chad. And I think it's a good place to head towards our last question of the show. If you have listened, you might know it. Yeah. It's centered around the theme here on Conquering Columbus, and that is live uncomfortably. And I'll telling you
2: too much about why we picked that particular phrase. What do you think of when you hear it? How does it apply to your life and career? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the first yoga classes I ever took, and probably the one that stuck with me the most, it was actually from a, a good friend of mine. And the intention, so at most of our classes, we like to, to start off with an intention, something just to keep in mind as you work through your practice. And uh, the intention for this class was find comfort in the discomfort. If you're uncomfortable that means you're challenging yourself. Now, there's a there's a border between discomfort and pain, right? You know, we all have a threshold that we can't cross. But that's something that's resonated with me because if you're uncomfortable that means you're growing. That means you're making progress, that means you're doing something to challenge yourself. If you knew me growing up and I'm sure there's people on this that that are listening to this podcast that since I'm from Columbus that have known me, you know, people who know me from the time I grew up are shocked that I'm where I am today, but I wouldn't change where I am today because this has been probably a 10 year process of working towards figuring out like the type of person that I am, who I wanna be. And I'm comfortable with the person that I've become, but that doesn't mean I'm gonna stop working. So whether it be overextending yourself a little bit financially with opening the studio, or challenging myself by buying my business partner out 12 months ago, or seeing a business that's not necessarily taking off the way that you want, but having faith in the fact that you're going to see it succeed eventually. I think that's that's all about living uncomfortably. And to see where we are today compared to where we were five years ago when we opened our doors, I think that living uncomfortably probably was the best thing that we could have done. Perfect. Well, Chad, thanks so much for taking the time to share your story with us. We yeah. really appreciate it. Appreciate it.
0: Conquerors, thanks so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed that episode, check out Moto Yoga and all the links down in the show notes and leave us a like, share us with your friends on Facebook, iTunes, wherever you enjoy your podcasts. And again, we appreciate all your support. We'll talk to you next week. You could drop me anywhere on the planet in any environment. And I might get, you know, my head kicked in, in the beginning, but I'll find
2: a way to survive. I'll find a way
1: There was a desire just to make a difference. There was a desire to not just be status quo, a desire to not be average. This is Conquering Columbus.